0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. Evening in London.
1: Consequence Podcast Network.
2: Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X.
1: Hey and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here checking out the series Of course you know what to do If uh, If you like what you see, what you hear hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. Uh, some of my recent guests have included uh, Rat Boys, uh, the boy band Westlife, I had Tommy Stinson of The Replacements stop by, as did Jerry Harrison of Talking Heads to talk about their uh, uh, sort of reunion that's coming up. We talked to uh, producers uh, Lena Waith and uh, Rishi Rajani about the documentary Being Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, let's see, Adina Menzel, The Hives, Barry Manilow, Fosia, Bethany Cosentino, and the filmmakers behind the movies They Clone Tyrone, heart of stone and landscape with invisible hand that's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the kyle meredith with podcast that's me kyle meredith today talking with andy taylor the former duran duran guitarist is back with his first solo album of original material in 36 years it's called man's a wolf to man uh, we're going to dig into it. Uh, he'll tell us about how he first considered a power station reunion with John Taylor of Duran Duran uh, before ultimately deciding to focus on himself. Uh, we'll hear how his songwriting is recovering from, from what he says is a, a lifetime in pop, uh, that David Bowie's death had a major impact on his decision to return, and his thoughts on channeling music versus copying it. And he also draws on the parallel of this new set to the uh, politically charged lost Duran Duran album, uh, Reportage, uh, an album that's never been released, uh, simultaneously giving us the history of how the label held the band back from progressing artistically, while also highlighting the uh, the new material that considers uh, the war in Ukraine, Brexit, uh, and as he says, the lack of protest songs and pop music, while the likes of Jason Aldean and Anthony Oliver fill that spot in country. All that, and I promise a whole lot more, We're talking man's a wolf to man. It's Kyle Meredith with Andy Taylor.
4: Good evening, afternoon.
1: Good evening, afternoon to you as well. Congrats on this record, this really poignant, uh, at times heavy album um, and very fun album uh, at other times. Uh, First off, I should just say that it's really been a joy to listen to this.
4: Thank you. I take every compliment at my age. In a way that I may not have taken them when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments are hard. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they are. They're hard. The older you get, they're harder they are to come by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't hurt, by the way. I know everybody's done the math on this one, because when we think about well, when was the last time that Andy put out a solo record and you start calculating that up and 33 years since the last one, 36 since the last of originals. Yeah, I'm going to start in the easy place. What brought it on? What was the impetus of starting this
4: set? When I was 56, so that'd be seven years ago, I got a call from Heart Week, the CEO of BMG Records. And BMG had just got kind of been reconstituted. Um, and he called me up and he said he, he was really uh, knew so much about my career and Duran and all my everything I'd done. All the production work and he said, you know, I'd love you to make a record for the label. And I'm thinking, a record. <laughs> well, and he just said, Whatever you want to do, maybe you and John want to do a power station record or you want to do a solo record. He said, I just, you know, love your work. And and I'm like, and then so when the CEO, there's only three labels in BMG, and he's really done a great job over there. And I I, I kind of thought, when do you ever get offered a record deal at 56 years old? So the answer's really easy. (laughs) You know? Yes, sure. And I've always, you know, I I kind of always kept my hand in, but I think my grandson was about three years old then. I was more, you know, I was a little bit more distant. I, I wasn't caught up in it. But as soon as that opportunity comes along, it's like, lights go on. Some are flashing red, and I thought, "Are you going to go go down the rabbit hole because it's a big commitment because I you know I can't start something and not fit. you know i I have to go all in. Um And I had a kind of weekend. I just sort of sat and thought about it really. And then on Monday, I was like, "Right, get the lawyers, let's go. Nothing difficult about doing the deal, nothing diff- you know, really, and I'm I mean, that's the only space I can work in. Uh, You know, I can't the business has adjusted itself to something weird, but I still kind of try and want to work in the same space, which is in the room with people working, writing, arguing, loving, you know, fighting and trying to climb mountains when you're trying to get songs just to tick and click and, and work. But, you know, it's always a great it's a thrill when you get offered a record deal. To me, still a thrill. And then I I, I did reach out to John. Um, I got quite a cold message back from his management. And I thought, okay, I'll just leave that alone. And I thought, well, put a record together. And I just kind of went down that track and started. Th- I, what I wanted to do was I didn't want to repeat anything I'd done. On a creative level, I'm not kind of a bring in the songwriters guy. I can't let myself off the hook. I can do that. But I don't really like writing alone. I'm not Damon Albone, you know, here's, here's my fucking misery, pardon the French. Um, uh, 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 you know, and, uh, uh, and and nor do I really want the credit for it, or the criticism. Uh, it, uh, being, a, being, writing stuff on your own, which I've done a lot, is really lonely um so I, I you know i need people in the room and and then i just thought about well who are your really good friends who you've never really worked with the people who you you know you can talk to and you can have conversations about songs and opinions and how you're going to how you're going to word the lyrics and how you're going to get the flow and stuff and all that and have some people that you you know have a, a kindred kind of spirit with where you won't take the criticism harshly you can work with it and go are you real are you sure about that Andy you've got to be in the room with a person that can say that to you and you don't go just shut up don't talk to me
1: and we'll be right back right after this
2: That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's KNIX.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Andy Taylor.
4: You've got to set the table when you make a record. And I'd spent all my life setting it for other people. And this is the first time I really set the table for myself. And said, right, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Right, I'm the executive chef, but I need a load of great cooks to come in and work with me, and great produce, great skill, which is produces songs, you know, cooks or musicians, producers, the executive chef. You know that kind of thing. And if you take that analogy of laying the tab, laid the table for Rod, I've laid the table for Robert, for Simon, for Gary Stringer. You know, uh, 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 the thing i laid the table for a lot of people, but I'd never really done it for myself. Where it was like, you're not—it's your menu. You're not copying anyone. You're not following a formula. You're not trying to be like the restaurant up the road, you know. And it just allowed me to get into to speak and in, in, in a, from in in a more um more honest way. Just and 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 not. Not think about the hook line as something that would be frenetically catchy, but I think that's the Bowie in me. Is you, you, you know? I mean, is there life on Mars? How? What, is that a hook line? Well, yeah, if you let it. And so, get you know, recovering, recovering from the pop box, because when you're brought up that way for many years, it is very, you know. It's very tight space to be in, um, but I, had, you know, I I'd learned so much along the way from so many great people, you know, the, the Niles and Bernard's and Rod Robert Rob Palmer was an amazing guy. That I'd sucked it all in, and I'd never really, I said, I'd never really used it on myself. I'd I'd used all my skills and everything on other people, but I'd never really said, "Come on, be like that guy on the wall there, Prince." You you know, give it all to yourself for once. Be greedy, you know, have it all. And then when you kind of slip into it, you're not being greedy. You're just being kind to yourself. You've been good to yourself. You're doing, you're getting the best out of yourself. You're allowing yourself to open up in a way that maybe uh, uh, I had blocked before. And as you get a bit older, you don't really give a shit. (laughs) That's the other, you know, you can like, well, so what? it's i'm not you know i i still have this i don't care how much dough you make if it's a crap album i don't want to do it i had this other thing i can't remember what age i got to was like but don't leave any smells behind you creatively (laughs) you know you know like those horses that go around central park we've got them here and they drop turds don't leave a trail of turds. (laughs) <laughs> and so that was a kind of uh something that i always kept in mind as well um but i you know bowie particularly when he passed is that because we we were all bowie kids duran that's the one thing you couldn't put a piece of paper between us uh, you know different eras maybe you know um, I, I started 11 were hunky dory but we were all really huge but hugely influenced by bowie and me by mick ronson and when bowie went you know i remember me and my wife and she's you know we were the original bowie kids you know when i was 11 i bought hunky dory when i was 12 i bought ziggy Stodders. we would you know that was all the fabric of our school life was slade and david bowie when he passed i I mean my wife and we were like uh, we were like I said right let's just get some champagne out and blast you and get drunk and i was like thinking and i said to her i said you know what i'm still around to do it i'm still here i can still do this stuff and i had this kind of you know when someone's gone you can emulate their style a little bit more you you, you know it's like i'm kind of like how brilliant he is. I love to talk about how brilliant Bowie is and how I could never have made this album without the influence of David Bowie. And I'm not a young man. I'm a proper Bowie fan. Born and bred Bowie. Born and bred Angus. Born and bred Gary Moore. I'm pre-Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Bowie's who I listen to mostly.
1: The, uh, majority all the time. I'm, I've been in the um, Station to Station right now that's 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 where i am right funny enough
4: me too past past sort of six months low heroes station to station i've been really getting into all that the tony visconti stuff it's endless and then you can just go back or then go and listen to the man who sold the world and he was wearing a dress hey kids you didn't discover this we would have we did (laughs) i mean you know I don't know if you ever seen that Bowie interview that he did about the internet in nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It, it's the stunning prophecy. He literally described what's happening now, and that's where you, that's why the effect of him. You know, when you look at that literally, if you took that as uh, as a um, a marker of his genius, that he wasn't a technologist. He was a songwriter. He explained the most advanced piece of technology humankind's ever had in terms of its, you know, its societal use 20 years before anyone knew what it was going to do, including Steve fucking Jobs. Amazing. So to be influenced by Bowie comes on so many levels. You know how we used to put lyrics together and then you look at it and go, you don't have to. Yeah, not cut them up, but don't worry about them making sense as long as they work for you. And that, you know, again, the, those those creative influences, which, you know, went from early 70s up to about 1979, and then I found Iran. But it was a great era to be a kid, to grow up in, to just absorb all this... You know, like I, I say, it's when you do music, you kind of channel things. You know, when someone plays the blues, like BB King, they're not copying them. Eric Clapton's channeling. Them. You know, he wasn't the first blues player. He would he would be the first to admit it. But what he channeled out of players, you know, it's like I can remember watching Bernard Edwards play the bass, and I love playing a bit of bass. And Bernard was always my favourite. And yeah. I can get on the bass and I can literally, and he used to have this way aside side tapping his foot. I'm doing it now. And I can kind of feel it in a way. And I know his groove and stuff. You don't get anywhere like where Bernard got. But I think, you know, that musical thing you have is like, some people just have a, a, music, a brain, spongy brain for music. And you just kind of, which all goes in you, uh, and um, I got to a point where I, it it it, it worked. You know, I turned it inward, and it didn't kill me. And we'll be right back right after this.
1: Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with Chicken Soup for the Soul. Their dog food is made with real. Quality ingredients. It provides well balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in store and on Menards.com and check out more of our great deals going on now
0: at Menards.
1: Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Andy Taylor. Hearing where you landed. And of course, you know, an artist takes what they see out in the world and, and they bring it in. And so it's not surprising that, you know, a lot of these songs feel very poignant for our time, a reflection of what we see out in the world. You know, and and you had brought up Duran all that. I thought I thought it, it is interesting as I look back because, you know, there's that mythical lost album uh, reportage, and it was supposedly a bit of dark political at times and, and it's almost like it's a, you know for us for all of us that haven't heard that i felt maybe this is something akin to that if that makes sense
4: there was a song i think the thing that triggered that and really pissed me off and everybody but sort of led started leading to the red car- carpet mess up was that there was a song called criminals in the Capitol. And it was kind of tongue in cheek. saying, there's criminals in the capital, right? And this was about the time when uh, I mean, we've got the same thing now, whether it's Blackrock or Dick Cheney's mob, right? It's the same thing, right? And um, we started writing about stuff like that, and I was like, well, we were in our forties, God's sake, you know that, that 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 anyway, the um couple of nutters at Sony. And these record company guys, what a bunch of psychos they are. Some of them, they were like, You can't do that. And I'm like, What have you heard? Hip hop that is criminals. We're not, at least we're not shooting each other and flogging, you know, crack. And they wouldn't release it. So and that really, I was like, Well, what her name is, Rio, you're 40 odd years old, right? But and Simon, one of them. He's one of the best-read people I know. He's the only one in a band with a real library. You know, he he studied Shakespeare. His lyrics are tremendous. I've always been blown away with his lyrical, the way, you know, it's very poetic. So there's this guy. He's trying to write something a little bit more than, you know, New Moon. I mean, they're great, but that's when we were teenagers so when we started got back together and started doing that it's like what do you expect from us i used to go on stage and get shin splits two and a half hour show spend three hours in the bath you know it's like oh no you know it's like you know keeping your weight down gets harder as you get you know all that sort of stuff but really if we if that expectation of what you should be doing in, in early 2000s hadn't have been around. And we'd, you know, we'd, have been, we'd have been left. We'd not been trying to be recreated. We probably would have made records more akin to Pink Floyd. And I thought that's where we should have, you know, I thought we should have went more down the Nightboat new religion side of the band. We'd learned a lot by then. All of us were very confident at what we did by the time we were in our 40s. You know, so it wasn't that we just, but for some reason we thought we did. And I think there's so many great Duranda album albums were never made because of chasing hits. Well, how many hits do you need before you know you've had a lot of hits? <laughs> well, I'm glad
1: you're, I'm, I'm really glad you're getting to do that now, because again, hearing you tackle this stuff. And it's not without its own catchy moments. You, you know, I mean, uh, this will be ours. It's almost, almost got a little Bakersfield style in there at times. And of course you've got the great guitars of, uh, of getting it home, which, you know, there's that Ronson, a little bit of the move, you know, stuff like that in there. Like you, you're, it's, it's the, it's a beautiful balance of the heavy topics and you can still dance to it.
4: Well, I think that was, again, you know, when you go back to the blues, the story's sad, but the music's uplifting. The story's real, but the music's... Why do you play the blues? Because I I, I might have the blues, but when I play it, it ain't so blue. You know, and that's what music is. I might have a problem with something, but when I sing it, you know, and it's not protest, it's enlightenment. It's like man's a wolf to man. It's like, do you realize what we're doing, the tribal aspect, right? That came from a, um, I would just, you know, the Google rabbit hole and that. and uh, In the days when you could go on YouTube and find all sorts of weird shit, like you'd find these nutters saying, hey, the CIA can tap into your phone. And everyone thought he was lying, but it was true. <laughs> you know, I, I, but you'd find all this. In, and I came across, I, you know, I was, Brexit really, really affected me. Because I've got family that live in Europe family that live in the uk and when i saw that how that went down and what was done in terms of division boris johnson is a thoroughly you know he really really need you know thank god he's not there he this guy before he went pro or not brexit he was a newspaper journalist he wrote two opinions on everything why we should be in the eu why we shouldn't and politically he used the one that was the most expedient for him to get power does that remind you of anyone well apart from every president you've ever had but the particular model of division you know so and i would be i was looking at going that's where the influential blondes come from the um aryan race i just Couched it in what people would consider a stereotypical sexual comment, just to wind people up. Where to watch out for the influential blondes, Aryan race. There's quite a few of them in Europe now. Got a strawberry one, got booked the other day, and we just got rid of Boris Johnson. The cult of personality in politics, where people, it's like MMA. Politics is like MMA. We will literally smash each other's faces in. To get one over on the other team. I, I, you know, I'm staggered that Trump's the first one to get in criminal trial. Is he really just the first one? No. So man's a wolf to man is just a, a statement on how bad we've got, how we've regressed into this tribal thing. And so it goes back. It was a British philosopher, political philosopher. This when, when I went down a rabbit hole one night and you're just looking for, you know, when Google was fun and not branded full, oh, you news and all you get is echo chamber. And I came across this book by the uh, British political philosopher, Hobbes. It's called Man's a Wolf to Man. I started reading what it was about. And it was about, essentially he wrote it as that, before Britain became a civilized democracy, it was, it was built on, if we don't stop acting like packs of wolves, we're our own worst enemy, we'll kill each other, wipe each other out. Right? So we civilized it with democracy in Britain. The monarchy stopped being, you know, in control in the sense where, and we formed a parliament. And from that, Britain, which was a very uncivilized, but you have to understand, Britain had enslaved its own people till the 13th to 14th century. Thirty percent of British people were slaves to other British people, were well, English, right? Wasn't a very nice place, not a bastion of democracy, crazy monarchies, and we all know what they got, right? So that act of civilizing and and democratic parliament, that came from that political, I think that political thinking of the time was, you know, we can't go on like this. We have to stop behaving like packs of wolves. And that was over 350 years ago. Now, as that dude said, who's number one all over the world, dollar ain't shit. It's true. Neither's the pound, you know. So what, how, how come we've screwed up? Because, with, you know, and everyone's kind of buying into it in one way or another. Because if you're not saying it, you're tuning into it. I thought it was funny at first, bit of a sport. And then I realized, shit, this ain't going away. I spread throughout Europe, and now, and no one wants to talk about it, if you really want to look at Ukraine, because I'm European, so I know where it is, that should never have happened. So now we're on the precipice of a war, and we're fighting, because of America, over two old men and a comedian and a dictator. Man's a wolf to man. What a bunch of idiots we are for putting up with this and my point is can we just stop we've got the disparity of poor and rich in the uk is the same as it was in victorian times well you know what happened in victorian times it was empire are we not is the british and american banking system nothing but an empire of course it is completely controls our lives so unless we stop this one mistake over a ukrainian comedian really i mean is that a, you're telling me the world is following and everyone's going yeah zelensky i got a lot of polish friends i work with a polish band they're all leaving <laughs> they're not going to met ball they ain't going to string fellows <laughs> they're not going they're not going to a michelin restaurant they're all leaving disaster and so from where we were seven years ago, we are in the shit. You know, I I have conversations with my Spanish friends and I'm like, this time you can go and fight them because the British, we've done enough. <laughs> you know, my generation is the first generation that didn't have to go to war in our country. Right. Way before you lot ever got involved. Right. We were at war. war, war. I come from a family that comes from the same town for over 300 years. My dad, my granddad, my great-granddad, my great-great-grandfather, right? I've had enough of it. I don't want to fight for anyone because it's bullshit. And look where we are. So the rise of the, you know, people say fascism. It's the cult of personality in politics. Rich men in politics with a cult of personality. And why, as the two biggest songs in the world, because people should ask this question and not dismiss it, both country songs that are protest songs. Jason Aldean, and the guy with a beard. You know how many he sold? And then people go, oh. And he said, hold on a second, you politics. Sling your hook. It's got nothing to do with it. He said, I, I believe in diversity. I believe in people. I don't believe in what rich men north of Richmond are doing to us. And is it poor men that are doing it? What, Biden's not on the fiddle? Are you kidding me? I don't know how badly educated people are in America, but an English lad who grew up in the rodeo many times, I look at it and go, give me a break, Hunter. I've met more Hunter Bidens than I can shake a stick at, right? Coked up rich kids. Give me a break. And we're fighting over this. And you have to struggle to tell a song, right? which some bugger or ban, if they knew what it was about. You know, I got banned from content in Canada for some of my song lyrics. They won't. The Canadians can't hear them because of that new law. That Justin Trudeau, whose mum was a Rolling Stones groupie, <laughs> well, um, you know it's crazy. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know what else there is to write about now because isn't it, is there's not the good times ahead. The good times. We've got to stop the bad times. Realize, understand what we're doing, and get back to the good times and the protest has become a dirty word enlightenment it's you know there's a way people go race 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 well how if you just replace race with culture you would have a totally different meeting point right so as a musician it's always been a cultural thing for me if it was a racial thing it would be very exposed to all sorts of interpretations and again Push, push race, push But how about shutting the fuck up about that and talking about the beauty of the interaction of culture, which is what our country is, what your country is, where all of our music comes from, is from people from different cultures who happen to have different color skins, throwing a melting pot together and coming up with all this amazing music, right? You take any record, and you'll find more diversity with it. And you can go back generally, you know, of every type of thing going on. And now it's been used to promote politicians. And you've got dumbass pop stars getting on stage and lifting their hand up. Well, culture's upstream from politics. And those musicians that do that, pop stars with audiences not old enough to vote, holding up the hand of a politician, Well, all you're doing is encouraging, you you know, when you've got a platform, the last thing you do to me is say, go and vote for this one. They're just not quite as corrupt. And so when these other guys come down and so far, and Taylor Swift, to be fair, she kind of just like nailed everyone and said, I don't give a shit what any of you think. Scooter Braun, (laughs) sling your Genius woman, right? Independently minded. She's kind of cut through the chaff of the business in a way no other female artist has ever done. Brilliant, because it is full of misogyny and dodgy executives who never get held to account. Right. And going back to the reason why we couldn't release material or or censored. That was kind of the beginning of the end for me, because I noticed, you know, there was something wrong and had Duran you know when we were never we were never stopped when we were young we were never censored we were never told no don't have don't have your gay friends in the video no one said no I mean if I don't know if you've ever seen the some like at heart video but you know Caroline Cossey played a major role in that and that you know we, we were we, we were told not to release the power station because biracial bands wouldn't do i'm, I'm serious we nearly fired Capitol records so I, you know i've seen it all but i've never seen it as nasty and as bad and divisive and violent as it is now so that in, that did inspire you know am i getting at home you know am i getting at home are you getting this You know, we don't need an oasis reunion. We need a we need a cultural reunion, and a little bit of consideration for the fact that, and it's you know, blame the rich man. Well, who's you know, where's all the money going? You know, and so so you wonder you wonder why music's just been turned on its head by one guy, and I looked at the sales, and they're embarrassing for every other artist out there. Why? So there was something that the public could attach their voice, their sentiment to in a song, right? We used to have lots of songs like that. I'll give you a great example. Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Anola Gay, you should have stayed at home, yes. That was about, you shouldn't have went and flew and dropped that nuclear bomb. You should have stayed at home. That was a pop song then. That's about as ultimately as protestable as you can get about dropping nuclear bombs. Do you hear that and pop now? So we've lost, we've really lost it. And you know that that what could suddenly? You know, do you think a record label would know what to do with Bob Marley if if someone like Bob Marley came along now? Right, <laughs> skanking, taking it slow. They go, what do we do? White CEO, I don't know, Mister Stockbroker they wouldn't have a clue and so you know in a sense that kind of sums it all up where i think i'd rather you know i'd rather i'd rather fight with message than 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 than, pro, than protest with a but it it, it does it does evoke a, what's going on now it does evoke a real strong sense of um uh shame in a way but, but also fear and i've been i've been on the end I, I nearly died. And it still bugged me because I, I was like, I said to my wife, I don't know what world I'm going to leave. You know, what's going to happen? I also read that the safest place to be in the event of a nuclear war, according to Nostradamus, was Ibiza. Because it's True, if you read his prophecies, Ibiza's, because Ibiza has prevailing winds, and therefore the nuclear fallout, serious, the nuclear fallout won't be as bad. So, so I've been spending a lot of time. Go so
1: have some fun and doing the party right? Well, Maybe. not so
4: much the party, but just avoiding the nukes. <laughs> and and um, I think when I go back to what first inspired me to was culture, it was the culture of Birmingham, the club, the freedom, the diversity was and the musical diversity, not just the cultural diversity, not just the racial diversity, the musical diversity and all that. And I just see that it's been stripped out of our consciousness. We're all separated into you're this and you're that and you're, you know, well, how does anyone ever get together to fix everything? If the most powerful men in the world keep falling over and I'm not just, don't just mean physically. I mean, literally everything they do. Uh, and 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 we just sort of take it so more pro you know i think there'll be a lot more songs come out that are talking about the feelings of people and not just trying to make people feel good
1: i appreciate your commitment to it i really do it's a powerful record with man's a wolf to man andy it's a pleasure to meet you thank you so much for taking the time to talk about
4: it great thanks for letting me talk
1: My thanks to Andy Taylor for stopping by. His new record is called Man's a Wolf to Man. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the the series and the episode. Again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button. You're going to get three new interviews just like these every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones. Again, you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from. That does include Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can grab us at NPR. WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. And after that, head over to WFPK.org. It's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of classic tracks from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, You get the best in uh, new music. There's anniversary spins, lots of music news, bonus interviews. Uh, One of my recent episodes, uh, one of my recent shows had the music of R.E.M., The Smiths, Kate Bush, Middle Kids, Town Van Zandt, Jeff Buckley, Chairlift, U2, The White Stripes, The Struts, Liz Fair, Belly, Nirvana, Southern Culture on the Skids, Patti Smith, Peter Gabriel, The Foo Fighters, Death Cab for Cutie, Van Morrison, Wilco, Suicide, The Smashing Pumpkins, Beck, Biba Doobie, The Black Keys, Trombone Shorty, Radiohead, David Bowie, and my interview with Emily Kinney as we talked about her work in The Walking Dead and Masters of Sex as well as her brand new album as well that's just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6pm at wfpk.org Consequence has your music and film news you can also find me on the old social media uh, any social media the address is at Kyle Meredith so I do hope you like and follow along and that does it for another edition I'm Kyle Meredith and I'll see you next time consequence podcast network
4: yeah
0: they
1: do just a few
0: thank you very much it's easy to hear your favorite artist on wfpk from wherever you are listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at wfpk.org from louisville public media